your number one source for election coverage and analysis. This is Gerard at Large. It is 25 minutes after the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show, and we are pleased to be in studio with Paul Martineau. He is Manchester's elected welfare commissioner. And uh, hey, uh, Josh, could you come in here for just a second and help Paul uh, help me with Paul's mic? Um, he is Manchester's elected welfare commissioner, but he's retiring that seat because it will be elected no more. Uh, that's something that he supported, actually, the elimination of it as a as an elected position, despite the fact that it had been that way for well more than a century, uh, really, since its inception. Yeah, just extend the arm out a little bit. Um, and um, but he uh, he wants to take the work that he's done as an elected official and continue. So he's running for alderman in Manchester's Ward 2 following uh, uh, to, to, to secede the. Thank God he's retiring the seat, Ron Ludwig. So <laughs> anyway, Paul, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Rich. Wel- welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, I'm glad to be here. So, Paul, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, why after 15 years, soon to be 16, oh, 15. 16, 16 yeah, yeah, okay. Finishing my 16 16 years year. as uh, Manchester's welfare commissioner, the, the position's no longer going to be an elected position. Um, why not go to whoever gets elected mayor and ask to stay on as the welfare commissioner? If you feel, uh, or do you? Why, why are you moving on to running for elected office as an alderman? Well, no, I think you know I've been there sixteen years, and uh, it's like it's like my father used to say, you know, don't tell me what you're going to do. What, what did? What have you done? And that, I think what I've done is I've gotten that department, you know, in a in a good position. I mean, I'm a fiscal conservative. Um, you know, over the 16 years, my budget's been reduced by over $512,000. So when you say that, you mean if you were to look at the budget you had... The first year I was there. The first year there, it's now half a million dollars lower in that, real dollars. That's correct. And uh, the other thing is I got rid of two positions while I was there, um, you know, which over the years has saved hundreds of thousands because of uh, salary and benefits. Uh, and then... My staff, under my leadership, has returned over $2.5 million back to the city. So that's money that so, you didn't spend in a fiscal spend, year that And, and also back. money that we collected, you know. Because okay. my, my uh, philosophy was there's no such thing as a free lunch, you know. So we put somebody in our shelter. I used to charge them $25 a night. Now, obviously, some of them couldn't pay that. But those that could, you know, we, got, we, we took the money from them. Because, like I say, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So what were some of the things that you did as the welfare commissioner to enable your reduction in spending? Because, you know, more than half your term as welfare commissioner didn't exactly see a great economy. I mean, we had the crash of, uh, uh, you know, the crashes of 2007, 2008, the real estate and the stock markets, everything that followed that, the collapse of the economy, the Obama rule and everything else. Um, how were you able, well, at a time of increasing need, to reduce the amount of money you were uh, handing out in assistance? Well, the thing is, we verify everything. When when people came in, we yeah. used to verify. In other words, you know, people would come in and say, you know, I don't have a car, and we fax a tax collector, and next thing you know, they get two cars. Or you know, <laughs> we uh, we don't have a checking account, and we call the public service, how do you pay their bill by check? So I mean, we verify everything. And come to find out, you know, a lot so of times... So what you did was you found the proverbial waste, fraud, and abuse that well, people uh, alt- uh, alternatively claim is there. 
and and people who support these programs say is not. Yeah, and then we we revise the uh, the city guidelines. You know, over the years we've revised it about four or five times. You know, to get the guidelines that you know uh, go along with state statute, but also you know tell us you know how to how to deal with people and and what to look for, and uh, you know we uh, we change like uh, our our. Uh, application process. We came up with a new application, like an eight-page, and we go through everything to make sure, uh, you know, that uh, a lot of times these people come in, it's really not an emergency. You know, they come in and they, you know, they... they, Is that the purpose of city welfare, our emergency situations? Well, that's it. We're like the last resource, you know. In other words, we're we're talking about rent, uh, you know, food, medication, and so forth. And we refer a lot of people to state welfare, in Manchester, also, you have about 80 social service agencies. So, you know, we can refer people to agencies, which that way doesn't impact our, our uh, you know, budget. So you found ways to screen applicants to ensure that they weren't uh, taking advantage of the system and getting things that they weren't uh, eligible or entitled to receive. And for people who did need help, right. if it wasn't meeting that emergency criterion that the city welfare yeah. office is supposed to help with, you refer them, say, to fuel assistance or, yeah. you know, housing, whatever yeah. it is, right. other social the service or government agencies that, are out there too, that know, were there to help with those things. Yeah. Right. So in other words, if uh, they couldn't do their grocery shopping, you referred them to the state to get food stamps. You didn't say, here's a check for your groceries for the next no, month. No, no. We don't give anybody any money. It's all vouchers. All, that's right, the right, other right. thing. And the other thing is, we don't see elderly people in our office. You know, I've been there 16 years, and people that the elderly people, you know, they've been through the depression, you know, they've been through the hard times, you know, they get their social security check, they pay their rent, they pay the utilities, they buy their food and medication. If they have any money left over, it's disposable. A lot of these, uh, you know, clients that come into our office, you know, they've all got cell phones and they got laptops, and you know, they pay for the, you know. Uh, internet and so forth. And, you know, my feeling was, wait a minute, you know, these aren't basic needs. You know, what you should do is spend your money on basic food, shelter, medication, right. you know, and so forth, and pay your utilities. And uh, Well, who who are you seeing? I mean, demographically, you're, you're implying that they're, that, that they're younger. Yeah. Are they male? Are they female? Are they single moms? Are they 25 to 35? Tell us who, who, yeah, who's coming in looking for well, let's say you're talking about you know the 20s through the 30s, uh, you know, and they've got they've got kids. They're getting state welfare. Uh, they're probably getting food stamps and so forth. And what they is, they haven't paid the utilities, or you know, uh, they need assistance in a, you know in another form or whatever. And uh, you know, we go through the application process. Say, hey, you know, this is what we can do. In some cases, based on the income they have, we say, look. You know, we set up a budget. You need to do this, and we'll do this, and eventually they get on their own. You know, okay, and that's what we need to do. So, do do you do you think that the system um, is providing that proverbial hand out uh, and is enabling people, or do you see the system actually just? taking care of people who have a, a temporary need so that they can get back on their yeah, feet. Yeah, that's basically what it is. We're just helping them get over the hump, you know, at the, of a hard time or whatever, if they've lost a job or, or if they've got sickness or whatever. We, we're there just to, you know, carry them a little. We're not long-term subsidy, you know. And luckily, a lot of these people qualify for state assistance, which doesn't impact our, you know, our budget. Right. But it does impact the state budget. So, I mean, because, you know, over over the years, you've been accused of being cruel, heartless, you know, all that fun <laughs> stuff, um, not wanting to help people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but in fact, you viewed it as your mission 
to um, provide the emergency assistance that statutes say local welfare departments are supposed to provide, screen those applicants to make sure they're not trying to cheat the system, and refer them to the places where they're supposed to be able to access the assistance that correct. they need, yeah, that's whether correct. it's the state or an outside agency. Sure. And, you know, some of these clients come in and, you know, and they'll, they'll tell us a story or whatever, you know, and they're, they're on Google or, you know, they're on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we find out it's a whole different story. And, you know, we, we, we make sure that, you know, we verify everything, we check, and we want to make sure if we're helping them, they really need it, and, and, you know, we're there to help them. So, but don't come in and try to defraud us, you know. <laughs> All right. So um, now, b- before we moved on to the aldermanic race, yeah. you were an advocate of making this position, the welfare position in Manchester, a- 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 an appointed one rather than an elected one. That's which correct. kind of odd. I mean, I, I listen, if I could get rid of the at-large positions on the board of school committee and the board of aldermen, I'd do it in a heartbeat because I don't think they ought to be there for a variety of reasons. Um, but I'm not proposing that we get rid of elected representation no. for those boards. So why, why it, since it had been that way for 150 years or longer, why, why did you come forward and say, you know, this position should be appointed? Well, you know, it's, it goes back to the old days. I think uh, my concern was somebody could run for the position and really not be knowledgeable and, you know, just get in there and be dependent and not really know what's going on. I mean, I went in there and I looked at it as, you know, people often say, you know, run the city like a business, you know, uh, run the uh, run the, the, the departments of the city more efficiently, mm-hmm. uh, streamline government. That's what I've been doing. I got in there and I looked at it, you know, run it like a business, you know, streamline it, you know, get the best dollar, you know, worth it for your, your money. And uh, I just thought that, it goes back to the old days where the welfare commissioner was a Democrat. He was on the ticket to help the ticket. And, you know, you had different people that ran for welfare commissioner. And, uh, you know, I was just concerned that somebody would run for it and not be qualified. And we got people, you know, that are qualified in my, my office right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I suggested, it's a mayor's appointment. But uh, I, would, I would promote from within. I have a, a lady that's been there, uh, you know, 23 years. She's young. She's smart. Uh, she's qualified, and what you do is you end up getting rid of the welfare department, you know, the welfare position, and that's 150000 in salary and, and uh, benefits that, you know, you save. So my, I'm always looking at ways to save, uh, you know, the taxpayer dollars. So uh, th- uh, just one thing, though. I mean, don't you think the voters are capable of figuring out whether or not a, a candidate for welfare commissioner is, quote-unquote, qualified or not qualified or wants to go in the direction that they want to go in? I mean— Arguably, someone could say, "Paul, what were your qualifications to be the welfare commissioner?" I think you'd probably go down as one of the one of the most um, important ones in the history of the city. Well, the thing is, I you know I was an assessor for twenty one years. I right. had the you know background in in uh, government, and uh, I felt as though you know with my background, I could go in there and I could make a difference. And um, you know, I was encouraged by uh, a friend of mine who was a former assessor, Paul Martin, uh, Paul Porter, and he says, "Hey, why don't you run for the office with your administrative background? You know, you can make a difference." Because when I was the assessor, I was in charge of the budget and uh, the operation administration of that place. And in 21 years, we never went over our budget, okay? And then also, we didn't have a revaluation for 20 years. We were able to, you know, stave that off for all that time, so, which is quite a feat in itself. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we'll find out why Paul Martineau wants to be an alderman in Manchester and what, if elected, he will do 
to perhaps apply some of what he did as a department head to the city in general, because God knows uh, we might all be better off if every department could operate with a half a million dollars less than it did 16 years ago.